You are slipping into a distorted dimension. Reality and fantasy are changing places past the event horizon. Bullies are victims, men are women, and abuse is love. You weren't here just yesterday. Reality is still out there. But to find your way back, you have to notice it. And now, the Disaffected Podcast with Joshua Slocum. Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And this is the second part of Kevin in my actual house at my dining room table sitting down with me and shooting the shit. So what we're going to talk about, you may have heard me describe before, well, I titled the first episode of the show Mommy Issues, The Origin Story. And that was my origin story for why I came to the positions that I have and, and that I uh, that I want to expound on. But there's a different actual origin to the show, and it starts with Kevin, and it starts with us meeting each other over um, a trans-political issue in Burlington. So, Kevin, why don't you tell people about Mr. Sister? It, and it was really the first time, uh, I'll go back, but the first time I met, I was like, oh my God, thank God. You know, it, it felt like being an invasion of the body snatchers. We were, <laughs> the, we were the only last two people, maybe but a few more, right. you know? meeting each other in an upstairs sort of hidden. We are the only ones in the room at the restaurant. They put us upstairs and we're the only ones in the room. Yeah. Um, and I listened to you talk and it felt to me like episode one. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just heard it. I was like, this is, this is a podcast. It's going to, this is perfect. We just record it and it's done. Um, Mr. Sister, uh, Rewind is or was a, um, a gay bar. The first gay bar that was going to be set up in Vermont for 13 years. That's right. Um, what year was this? Was it 2018 that this happened? I don't remember. No, it was before 2018. It was 2017? 20, 2015. Was uh, it that long ago? It was 2015 going into 2016 because I remember it being against the background of Trump v. Hillary. Okay. Um, the older you get, folks, the more uh, recent history blurs together, let me tell you. <laughs> True. And. Yep. You know, in, in Vermont didn't have a gay bar for 13 years, so it was really exciting. That's right. Wasn't that wasn't there? What was the um, that historic gay bar that there, was on Pearl? There Street? was one called Pearls, and that was closing just as I originally came here. When I first That's came right. here, yeah, I may it closed have gone about seven it years after I moved here. Once or twice, and, I never went. And you know that was it. So, and you know, I'm not into really the bar scene or the drag scene. I don't really drink. I mean, a little right. bit, but yeah. you know, it's not that interesting to me. But, you know, Vermont is isolated and I, it, it was a, you know, it, it, it felt great. Um, so the bar was to be named Mr. Sister. And I think this came after some other. Yeah. And this was a bar in the town that I live in, which is Winooski. Right. Not technically Burlington. Uh, but yeah, in any other, in, in, in an actual large city, Winooski would merely be considered a neighborhood. Newark. Uh, of Burlington. <laughs> you know, it's a working class uh city of 6,000. So they were going to open a gay bar right in downtown Winooski, which, you know, yeah, would have, was kind of a big deal. It was a big deal. And, um, you know, this uh, this controversy arose, and I don't know exactly, you know, I think there were, a few, there were a few people who went around and started stirring this shit up who didn't like the owner of the bar. And the owner, I mean, fair enough, had an attitude. 
I mean, yeah. he was, people have said he was difficult to deal with. I liked him because he was, you know, well, <laughs> difficult I, to all deal I with. saw of him was, was, um, you know, what I thought was righteous defiance online yes. of people. Yeah. I mean, I haven't worked with the guy. Maybe he was an asshole. So but... we're, yeah, we're not to what he's defied yet. He came out with the name Mr. Sister and they didn't, and Mr. Sister was a line from, I believe, a Will and Grace TV Will show. Will and Grace episode, yep. with the Cher episode. Yep. With, when Cher actually... Yeah. And was, the term Mr. Sister has been used by drag queens and gay men for decades. But the the Will and Grace episode brought it back into our current lexicon. And the transgender community here, community, did not <laughs> like it. They nope. latched onto it as something to scream about. I think they felt too seen. <laughs> felt too seen. <laughs> and this is, you know... There was, no sense of humor. No sense of humor. And they played, they played this, they played this, they, they, they performed as if they wouldn't be welcome there. When in oh, fact, I know. when in fact, you know, this guy running this gay bar in this part of the country would have loved nothing more than for yep. every single trans in town to load to, into this place. Because you need the numbers, you, know, you need the business. There's not that away. many of, there's not that many gay people. You know, you know what? There have got. I guarantee you, Kevin. There are probably more people living in Burlington right now who identify as trans in some way than there are actual homosexuals. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about this at some point, but sometime after the, um, sometime after this whole event, we ran a uh, a, a spider script, uh, a kind of a stat script on the. Um, the, the Pride Center's webpage to see which words were mentioned the most. Mm -hmm. And trans came out to be absolutely the most far and away. It was like 5,000 to maybe 500. It was, I believe, I can't yeah. remember, but it was like a tenfold. And then lesbian was mentioned what? once you Let adjusted for once, once or twice. And that was, I mean, it was. I've seen documentation have, from centers like this that have never mentioned lesbian once. You have to correct for what they put in their meta tags because every page is loaded with meta tags, right? You get all okay. of the meta information. So you first run the script and you're like, well, I mean, lesbians mentioned quite a bit, but the only thing they're doing is mentioning that they, you know, that, oh yeah, we're about, we serve, we serve lesbians blah, blah, or whatever. Right. Okay. It's, so tell them what happened with Mr. Sister. Sorry. The trans community didn't like it. So they decided. You guys were stoned again. They're going back. Well, actually it's, it's, it's not again. It's Still, the same night. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're going back and forth, and the trans community has now sided with the Pride Center, and you know lines are being drawn. Right, um, the owner of the bar says, "Nope, I'm not changing it." I think I, I may be mistaken, but and there I, was a whole bunch of coverage in I, the free press, the mainstream yeah. paper, and the alternative paper. Social media. And I was think they already got it. him to change the name once. I think someone complained about his first name. I might be wrong really? on that, yeah, but I, don't I think know. I think he had a name. Um, and that he was going to, or he was coerced sort of into changing it already. So he didn't want to change it again. And, you know, he has the napkins printed up. He has the, the, the signage printed right. up. He's got everything. It's done. You know what I mean? It's not like this guy's like a, you know, they're treating him like he's the multimillionaire, you know, business owner. So no. This is like a small bar. Which he was, probably sunk his life savings into this shit. It was shit. already overextended for sure. It was yeah. a nice place for one person. This was a nice place. He did. I don't. I don't think he was the best businessman because I. I. I think the amount of. I remember talking about this when it was still going on. Yep. That the amount of renovations he was putting in, the amount of money he was spending, 
for the actual statistical rarity of the clientele in a state of 600,000 yeah, people right. and a city of 40,000 without students, I thought he was going to lose his shirt. Right. And he did. And it, I think it should have been a small place with a shitty pool table. Exactly. Um, a dive bar. But even so. Or a, a piano it, bar. Right. It's an ar- arcade a, now. It's an right, arcade. Right. It's an arcade. Now? Arcade. Yeah. It's, it's archives. Uh, uh, and I'll bet they, they, the they can probably survive. Arcade. It looks great. It's a good spot thing for when you ski. But it's for everyone. Yeah. And this was for gay bar. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the 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 QT community went ballistic. The QT community, that's right, right. And it wasn't the QT community only. I mean, they conscripted the the city councilors. You know, they they basically started to boycott this place. They held what they called an emergency trans town hall. <laughs> right? Now this is woo woo, and it was to be hosted by the Pride Center. And that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And this was, and they, you know, because they've worked it up at this point. This is weeks unfolding now, right? This is an emergency because there is, they they say that Mr. Sister is hate speech. So this is when all of this started, (laughs) right? right? They called it hate speech. (laughs) It's hate speech. They held this trans town hall that was sponsored by the Pride Center. And I went to it too because I was already on the other side of this, but not nearly, you know, I was just, I was kind of curious because it all seemed crazy to me. And I wasn't, you know, why, why would I, and I kind of, you know, I gave it, I gave it a fair thought. I thought, okay, well, I can see why some trans people might not like the name Mr. Sister. At first glance, it kind of makes sense, right? Um, but how does that how does that reasonably scale up to this shit? It doesn't scale. Yeah. So I go to this thing, and it 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 was the first time I've. I mean, we see it now on Twitter every day. But this was the first time for me that I saw someone, a black trans, stand up um, in front. You know, because they did they they went around with the microphone so people could mm-hmm. air their grievances. And this this was the meeting at the Pride Center. This was the meeting, the emergency. It, it was at the Pride Center, but it was hosted. And, yeah, and there had to be 200 people there. Okay. Um, and it was hot. It was angry. Um, and one black trans stood up, and this was towards the beginning of the meeting, screamed about their pain in the hate speech, as you would expect, um, and said that white people, cis white people, will uh, cannot speak tonight. They are to sit down and shut up and listen. And I never heard anything like that before. Well... I never heard anything like that before that didn't go corrected by the people put in the authority, you know, given the authority to correct it. what was the reaction to this? The director of the Pride Center, his name's Paul, um, and the the committee or the, what would you, the board of directors, which was there, said nothing. They allowed that to happen. White people will sit down and shut up. They won't talk. And the entire board of directors allowed that to happen. And Paul, who I know knows better than that. This is an illustration of the sacred caste, which enables narcissists. That's cluster B right there. And they're fearful. The board of directors, the director was fearful. He didn't want to make any waves. Because cluster B works if you let it work. Right? And everyone who sat there in that meeting and did not react in outrage, mm-hmm. you better believe I would have stood up mm-hmm. and we would have had words. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody who sat there, it is analogous to what happens with children. You see somebody who has asserted authority 
is scaring you so and somebody who exists in a social class that is currently right now seen only as a victim and somebody who has been really hard done by yeah. and you let it happen that's abusive that's not passion it's abuse mm -hmm. and they did they shut up um you know i do have well you know and they deserved whatever they get from that i mean shame on them mm -hmm. and that was you know that was the beginning of the end. They they eventually snowballed this into a um, a movement. Small. I mean, you can find a record of it. You know, I think maybe maybe Out Magazine covered it for a minute. Um, you know, you can find it in Vermont Medium. Um, but small as it was, Bar didn't last long. Probably wouldn't have, like you're saying. Probably wouldn't. Yeah, have lasted probably long wouldn't anyway. have anyway. But this didn't help. But this didn't help. And. You know, they made a whole scandal about it. They made a whole scandal about it. Had nothing to do. I remember one trans, I think it was the same one, standing up in that meeting and just, <laughs> oh, every time I drive through the Winooski Circle, I'm going to have to see hate speech written on the side of a building. How am I supposed to live if I see hate speech every day on my way to work? I could, I, I mean, the. You know what? Deal with your borderline personality disorder with your therapist. The rest of the fucking world isn't what. Well, I mean, you you, know, God. you can't just lock them up. They let them, they let them, you know, stand up. Everyone gets a turn to speak because it's a well, unless you're white, it's a town hall, you know. But then, of course, it's a town hall which they advertised publicly. They called it a trans town hall, and then they kicked out the press. I had one person knowing that I worked with the press at the time wow. come up to me and say, "We know you're with the press. Uh, you're not allowed to record." Not allowed to record a publicly announced public town hall meeting? What sense, what planet are you people on? What sense of reality are you living in? I you wonder. You announced this. I wonder. I didn't have a camera with me anyway. I was just there to watch. Yeah. But they announced that's a, it. That, that's bad enough, but I actually wonder if the Pride Center is the recipient of any federal grant money, uh, whether they violated any federal discrimination laws. I mean... As loath as I am to engage right. with that yeah, right. level of jurisprudence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so we we ran into each other on Facebook, I think, Must right? Have been. Yeah. I was livid. I I was the only one I mean, me and um I was just starting to uh uh pick up uh radar blips from our friend Christopher at the same uh, yeah. time. Yeah. Um you know, it really kind of coalesced all of us together. That's right. Um, Three of us met that way. that way. Yep. Um, and, and Christopher Christopher is a gay man. Um, and uh, the chairman of our county um, GOP. Right. Yep. Um, and uh, boy, does he get smeared around here. The, the things that are said about him on Facebook. Oh, and he just keeps he going. Is the <laughs> he is the, the nicest, most reasonably spoken um well put together respectful man you could possibly speak to he's 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 just nice but he's also just professional and the things they call him a hate monger they call him a bigot they say he should be you know he shouldn't even be allowed in politics i mean it's it's amazing that's what they said he shouldn't be allowed in politics i've seen that he's so far he's so far out of the norm really really i mean what's far out of the norm is this district in Burlington, Ward 3 in Burlington is... Is that the one you call Little Kandahar? We call it Little Kandahar. Um, <laughs> and This feels like you guys were sitting around my dining room table. There's three of us here. There's my, my housemate, Mary, and um, 
uh, and Kevin and I, and I have, I have a small house. It's basically a, you know, an old cottage. And we've got a kerosene lamp lit, and we're huddled. Kevin's got a blanket over his shoulders, and we're huddled around the microphone. I feel like we're we're broadcasting from behind enemy lines. Behind the maple curtain is what we always used to say. It was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're at the halfway mark, so we're going to take a break and come back. Kevin and Josh work themselves to the bone to bring you dark and disturbing content every week. There are starving listeners overseas who get no podcasts at all. Show appropriate gratitude today by making a donation at patreon.com forward slash disaffected or at subscribestar.com forward slash disaffected. Do it for mother. Okay, we're back. So... When the three of us met, when Kevin uh, and I and our friend Chris met, um, especially Kevin and I were really talking a lot, uh, I think, about broader issues. You know, it's not our concerns like like the concerns we talk about on the show now. We're not just about trans. It's not like there was one particular bugbear that, oh, trans is the worst thing ever. It's that it was part of a much larger cultural and political problem. Once we got in person, online was pretty focused, I feel like. Yeah. You know, we were, I think at the time when this Mr. Sister thing was developing and we were first getting together, you know, our our conversations online were pretty geared towards defending our positions and trying to point out as honestly as possible, back when we still thought that technique would work, um, you know, yeah. what the rebuttals are to this, you know, argument. This is our side you know, and keep stating it and keep stating it. Um, and I think in the beginning we tried, or I know I did, you know, tried to be, um, tried to still play by some of the rules that the trans ideology wanted you to play by, you know, being less critical of it, you know, oh, you know, being tolerant of it in and of itself. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, um, you know, that that stayed focused online like that. But yeah, I mean, I think one on one when we first met in in Lunigs upstairs in Lunigs, um, that's right. It all came out, um, and it was a relief. Was it, I was I at that point? Was I already on my cluster B thing? Mm-hmm. Did I introduce you to that? Well, we had talked a few times by phone before that when I was in Puerto Rico. That's right. Because I had set up a I had set up a blog that I wanted to use to um, or some. I don't remember what it was called, uh, but it was some marginally offensive blog, and I wanted to make you know. You wanted to piss people off. I wanted to piss people off, but I wanted to piss people off with, you know, a, exposing them to you know thinking about it a different way, like sort mm-hmm. of a more realistic way, in my opinion. Um, and you know, I already knew that you were very you know well spoken, well written, and whatnot and I kept wanting to bounce ideas off of you because you know also of, of any of, of the group of people that I do know that are well spoken and well written and um, you know in that area there aren't many people you can go to anymore to uh, proofread something that they might disagree with you know if they if it, that's uh, sadly seems to be true you yeah. know what do you think of this writing what do you think of the style what do you think of you know how is you know, anything, my spelling, my grammar. And, you know, the only thing you'd get back is, oh, I think you're a bigot. <laughs> that's not that's not how I proofread people's stuff. Wasn't the question. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, but you were able to do that. You were able to like give me feedback on what I was writing at the time. Right. Um, well, the point of editing somebody is to help them make their point, not your point. It, well, we had the same point, so it didn't, you know, I mean, we didn't even right. have to really put that to the test. Maybe true. not exactly yeah, the that's same true. point, but we were, yeah. you know, I knew you were friendly territory. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, you know, that thing went nowhere, but, um, you know, but the podcast did. You know, thankfully, we were able to just kind of wing it, and um, yeah, because this this show was your idea. I mean, you know, you 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 uh, suggested it to me, and and pushed me several times. I didn't think I'd get you to do it. I really didn't. I, really, <laughs> when you agreed to it, as oh well, you know, you're asking someone to go out publicly with unpopular opinions. Right. It took a while before I realized how. You know, you it, it can't just be that you're good at saying it and that you're good at seeing it. You have to be annoyed enough to be willing to lose everything else in order to do it. Well, you that, have to, that happened. Yeah. Because um, I know, think it's and, as bad as I always say it is. I think know, it's really, we're in a bad, bad way. Well, I mean, you know, and the only thing you can do is to try to help people to notice it. Try to make people to notice it. And you could be right or you could be wrong on any given issue. Sure. Um, and I have been. And you have been. And, you know, I mean, in the end, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you in the end, in a lot of ways, you're fighting for the right to be wrong as well. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, to be able to we say We need things. that back. Yeah. We need, we need that back. There's too much shame. And too much cost, too much social punishment attached to being wrong. That's a sign of a sick way of dealing with things. That's not normal. And it can't result in, like, I don't care what your definition of progressive is, whether mm -hmm. you're thinking of technology or better ways of governance, mm -hmm. whatever. You can't actually make progress if, if being mistaken is a moral sin. You know that Carl Sagan... Um the, the Carl Sagan piece, the, the pale blue dot. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was Voyager 2, as Voyager 2 was leaving the vicinity of Earth. Yes, took the picture. Carl Sagan persuaded NASA that didn't want to, to turn that around and take one last picture. And they, you know, probably said something like, well, you know, it's going to be so far away now, you're not going to be able to distinguish it from the stars. He, um, he knew. And that's what he wanted, you know, yeah. to show how insignificant we are and, you know, how everything we've ever done has been confined to that. So, you know, I look at it in the in the sense that, you know, we've come up against such unbelievable odds as a species and our ability to get to where we are today, this level of technology, this level of complexity, this level of, you know, being able to support each other through, you know, to, to support, you know, ourselves through agriculture, through technology, yep. through everything relies on our ability to think in public and yes. to discuss things in public. And if everything, if, you know, you can't discuss. You We're know, drawing down right now. Why are more blacks in penitentiary? Why are, why are more blacks locked up? Is it really because of systemic oppression? Is it because racist cops and racist judges are finding black people specifically and tricking them to go through the system in such a way as to put them, as to incarcerate them? And I know this isn't the entirety of the argument right. that these people make, right. but, you know, come on. I mean, obviously there's something going on 
that deserves like deeper questions, more thoughtful yes. questions, and more honest questions. And more complicated answers. And they can be wrong. But if they never get asked, and if they never get brought up because they're racist, or they're unacceptable, or, you know, whatever, what kind of environment, how in that environment, liberals, would you have had a Martin Luther King? How in that environment would you have had a Susan B. Anthony? You know, it's kind of similar to living in a surveillance yes. state. You're starting to... and oppress yourself through these societal norms that you are begging for and you're clapping for how are you going to how are you going to progress really progress i don't think people understand that this isn't sustainable i think the short-term thinking is is ruling all of them and i don't think they understand that we're i think we're in a period of drawing down built-up resources we can I don't know where you want to start. Maybe you want to start with the Enlightenment. Maybe you want to start with the Industrial Revolution. But we have a quality of life and a technology of astonishing proportions. The, the, the degree to which we have advanced technologically in the past 200 years is unparalleled in history. And we are living in the inheritance of that, the good and the bad. Standing on the shoulders but, of giants. But our, our standard of living is unparalleled in this country. Even our poor in this country live better than most people did 200 years ago. I'll leave the aliens out for they this. They don't, podcast. okay. <laughs> we can talk about aliens another time. I don't think people understand that they can. They only have the soapbox to say this stuff because of that inheritance. Right. And if they ruin the ability to maintain it and to progress it, they're not going to be living in the same world in 50 years that they're able to live in right now. And they're, I don't think they understand. They're, they're consuming energy to run their soapbox. They flip their soapbox on and that consumes energy. I it mean, takes the most complicated. I mean, look at we're sitting right here in front of a MacBook recording this shit with this extraordinary, literally Star Trek level of technology, which is within the reach of anyone, you know, not in the working poor, but I mean, you know, millions and millions of people do this every day and we just take it for granted. The infrastructure required to do this mm -hmm. and the skill required to do this is is so big. And it and in order to get there you have to you have to be able to have these back and forths and tussles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you're not allowed to, I mean it's it's, it's stunted growth right from now on. You know, it's not stunting, it's stunted. We've been there. It's been like five years of this, right? I know. I mean, maybe longer. Well, and, and, I, and there were, there were, it's not as if there was a golden past in the recent past where the precursors weren't there. I think we've right. been being prepared for, the, for this for a long time. I don't know the reasons why, but I think something changed after World War II. And I think I, the 1950s, which we we so often use it as almost a pejorative, like oh that's so your your thinking is so 50s. The narrative that we're supposed to believe and that we're all supposed to say we believe in public was that it was a terrible time. All women were chained to their washing machines. Nobody wanted to be a housewife. All men were Don Draper. Um, that, that it was just horrible, horrible, horrible. And the reality is, what were we talking about earlier? The happiness... The National Happiness well, Index. Tell, tell people what they found. Well, I... I, I because was, I was asking the question, I, if I the, could go back in time and observe this, 
I would want to know. I'd want to know what people really thought. Because to me, that time, not that it was perfect, and not that I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to change anything, but that looked like a time of affordable abundance and comfort mm-hmm. and peace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that we'd never seen before. And, pro- you know, I, I guess problems are only perceived as painful when you have the perspective that they were problems to begin with. I think a lot of what, you know... A lot of now what we would probably call bigotry or sexism would have just been accepted and celebrated in the 50s anyway. I don't think from their perspective, and I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm not right. making that kind of judgment. But Well, right. Know, a lot. Most of us don't recognize a lot of our own actual bigotry when we're living in the present. Right. And some of the bigotry, I mean, you know, I've... I've looked up the definition of bigotry, actually. This got me interested because it seems to me like the word bigotry is... Yeah, it's taken on hyper-emotional tones. Yeah, it gets it gets like the umbrella term gets bigger and bigger, whatever you need to cover. Yeah, the with emotional it. weight of it gets um, and, bigger and bigger, too. And, you know, included in the definition of bigotry is an intolerance for the opinions of others, which absolutely makes me crazy to think about because the people who are screaming bigot the most are doing so because they don't like your opinion on something almost 100% of the You're time. Right. You're right. <laughs> Tell them about um, the happiness survey. The happiness survey. Well, I and I don't know I don't know this to be true. I think I believe I believe this is true. This is this is something that I've heard and I believed it at the time so it's stuck with me. Um, and I may be okay. completely wrong. I understood that the happiness that there was a national happiness index which was a survey. I don't know how it was done. I don't know what the methodology was, but it shows that it was we are the happiest however we define happy, mm-hmm. maybe different than joy or satisfaction, but whatever the definition of happiness was, we were the happiest in the area around the 1950s. Okay. But you know, you look at advertising, you look at pop culture in the 50s, people sure look a hell of a lot happier than they do now. You look at pop culture now and it's depressing and distorted and dark. It's dark. Um, yeah, it's dark and it's narcissistic. Yep. And um, and it's extreme and it's aggressive. I would rather see Aunt Jemima with a big smile. I would rather see some, you know, stereotypical blonde housewife buying the, you know, laundry detergent and she's out there smiling and having a laugh with her girlfriends in the grocery store. I don't know. Or the men who actually cared enough about their appearance to, you know, wear a suit and a hat when they were walking down the street and keep their shoulders up. Yeah. And there were the women who were the sharks and were happy to be it. You know, it was all fine. Um, But it did seem... It did seem not that they, you know, not that there weren't problems, you know. No, but people seemed, it, you know, you just look at the media at the time, assuming it reflects the society. They were smiling, you know. You saw people smiling, big smiles on the media coming out of the fifties. Well, there, there's this idea now, like we talk about there. There's a double-edged way that we talk about fifties um, mothers, like June Cleaver mm-hmm. on Leave It to Beaver, mm-hmm. right? Or um, um, not Doris Duke, <laughs> um, Donna Reed, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times you hear them framed as pathetic, mm-hmm. or as you know, well, they they were made to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and that's all they ever did, you know, and that they were just a submissive, you know. Uh, free paid labor as if they had no complex relationships or right as if they (laughs) and you know and 
like the more women I talk to outside of the political circles that I used to run in, the more of them tell me, and I'm not making any judgment here. I'm, I, it is not my place to tell people how to live their lives. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But more and more of these women tell me how happy they are being able to raise their children themselves and mm-hmm. run the household economy. That's a full-time job. Right. It is a full-time job to raise children and run a household economy. But they're made to feel guilty for that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, how did that get so devalued? That literally is at least half of the economic support of the family. It's important. And the development of the children is priceless. And I think, I I, I do think you're onto something in a sense that it seems to me that the, the mechanisms used to devalue that are cluster B in the way that they work a lot of the how time. How so? Well... Don't call me to the carpet too soon. I, no, I, 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 I just want to know. You know, I, I mean, you see it, right? You see you see the way that women are shamed for wanting to have some kind of traditional conservative yes, um, they're, stay-at-home mom. And not they're even called cons- brainwashed. They're called, okay. they're full of internalized so misogyny. There's, there's the cluster B. You're crazy. How could you, how could you want to be such a simple, you know, you're just a simple baby making machine. Is that what you want? And they devalue it. You know, they turn it into something it's not. And then they gaslight them for, yes. you know, you know, and it, it's, it's, in, it's in a the, good point. And these, in the women, you know, women need to start standing up because, you know, I would never do that. Are you going to yeah, light that? Yeah. In the... I'm trying to get this lighter working. He has Sorry. a kerosene right behind oh, the microphone here. He has a kerosene lamp. <laughs> yes, I was trying to light it off the draft of the lamp because the lamp's really, it almost worked. I mean, if, and what should I start doing? Well, I'm just asking because I had a, he got me one of these lamps or directed me to one of these lamps and I, and I you set love it up. It. I do love it. I set it up one night and a fireball came up through I the told chin. you. I warned you about runaway lamps. I gave you written instructions. He, you he never did. remember he anything did. I write for you. He did. And I let the thing warm up too long. That's what I did. I let Yeah, it and you walked up. away from it. Yeah. And I walked Which away from it. You if you just listened it. to me, everything would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about what women should do. <laughs> Marilee has opinions. Okay, what uh, what women should do is stand uh, stand up to what? What was? I what, don't know. Oh, see. <laughs> I just know I have to get indignant. Is, What's yeah, the word? Indignant. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank. Thank I, you. I, I think. I mean, but you you already do this, so you're like a bad example. I mean, I I think maybe not. I mean, but I think like well, a lot, women do need to stand up to that kind of you know they're very vulnerable to this type of peer pressure and manipulation. Yes, and it, it I is, don't like that. It's hard. You know, I don't think you're like that. Use but, that one. You know, more than not, and you know, the guys in Burlington, if I'm to Go, be honest, are, are the same way. Are the same way. Yes, they and are. When you're not like they're not they're not any better quality. Well. I mean, they're just, I don't know. I mean, you can see very, like, beautiful men up here, and they still just, like, have this, like, very obedient pussy vibe about them. Mm-hmm. You know, even very beautiful. They you, find that, they... you find that in every liberal yeah. uh, enclave. I'm actually... I, I, I'm going to need you to put this your is, mask on. The, if these are, whether or not these are, anyone judges these to be real emotions or or if they're distortions, I can just tell you factually that they have been concerned. They're not just modern concerns. Like my mother, for example, 
Um, and 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 I'm I'm not going to criticize her on this. I'm I, I think she genuinely experienced this. Whether her opinion was reasonable or not, I don't know. But my mother felt that back back in the early '70s when she got pregnant with me. You know, she said that she was the black sheep of the family mm-hmm. because she had a baby out of wedlock and that it was still shameful. Um, she was convinced not to breastfeed me because scientific. Um, Mothers who actually cared about their children used formula, that that was a very big thing at that point, right? Um, and everybody wanted to tell you how to raise your children, but that it was contradictory. Right. And as she got older, and of course, you know, everybody who's listened to the show knows the crazy, excessive ways that my mother did this. Right. But underneath it, I think she genuinely felt conflicted. Part of her really did want to be a mother and want, she did want to have children. I think some of her reasons for this were distorted. And I think they were much more about her in a way that she was not capable of sharing herself healthfully with her kids. But there were other times when she was ashamed of being a mother, when she would cry and say that she had done nothing with her life. She'd accomplished nothing that still about her though it's still about her right that's the narcissism but there's real pain under that and i'm not saying that she was but you know i do think that those mixed messages are out there for women most women are not going to react the way my mother did right my mother is severely disturbed Mm -hmm. but she wasn't i think she exaggerated and miscontextualized a lot of things but she wasn't she wasn't always wrong mm-hmm. about what she identified. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean. But I think I I do think though that very many women have feel that conflict, but instead of making a decision about it, they just continue to let it guilt at them. Some of them are going to decide, like if they felt free to decide. Some of them would decide to be stay-at-home mothers or housewives. Others would decide to continue or go out and have a career. I think more of them would actually choose a, a conventional route than you would see today, because I think there's a lot of preference falsification. Yeah. This is just speculation based on my experience. You see, like, I bet you'd see some sort of split based on you know who stays single, who doesn't stay single. Like, I think other life behaviors would, you know, play into play into how that splits. But yeah, I think more often than not, left to their own devices. If you're not pressuring people in any social way to take any certain, you know, life path, and the pressure for women is hard yes. to take the, you know, but a lot of it, a lot of it comes from them. Indep- yeah, a lot of it comes. A from lot them. of it comes from that their own enforcement. That's independent the working women. We're we, we're strong. You know, the the kind of South Park did it. Strong woman. I'm strong woman. And right. you know, but it was the, like the all people of a who are the most critical of them are often other women. That's that's what they all yeah. tell me is that you know they're much they feel much more judged by their friends and their coworkers than they do by directly by men. I am just telling you what they I, say. I think there's an army of women robots, and within the within the community of women, there are the robots who hand out this social punishment. They feel nothing, right? They can just hand it out. They like enforce the, them. The actual sociopaths, maybe. Well, I mean actual robots, but we could say <laughs> sociopaths too. Would they be like fifty uh, style robots or modern Doctor Who robots? But they definitely would, wouldn't it, be Daleks. It would, would be they? like um, what's what's that one uh, one of your favorite movies? Um, the um, that's I not thought, Mommy Dearest. I thought we were friends. 
Oh, Stepford uh, Wives. Stepford Wives type robots. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah they've been replaced um, by anat- animatronic only, duplicates. Only a few of them. Only enough of them that are programmed to guilt all of the other women into the pressure to wear lipstick or to, yeah, do, yeah. to do all of these things that, you know... Because when women say that there is tremendous pressure to behave this way, I believe that. Yeah, but like, there know, is. But I, the I source have, matters. Right. I mean, I, I feel like there's also tremendous pressure to... Um, you know, take a shower and be your best every day, but I don't always do that. Well, I mean, see, <laughs> that's when you're getting into the people. There is that set, though. There yeah. is that set that actually acts like hygiene expectations are a form of oppression. They they yeah. they put it next to things like ableism, right? And, um, I I mean, really, we're talking about people who are literally advocating and they're telling you what they want they want you to have no standards at all and you can be as offensive aesthetically or orally Mm. or in whatever way and that your objection to that is itself an assault on them however if you own a small business or a house (laughs) then you're shit yeah you're a kulak Mm. yeah i don't know i i i would i would like to I, it's kind of a, it's kind of like, um, it's scary at the same time, right? I'd like to see, I'd like to see women get stronger in that way where they, you know, stop just following what they're, you know, this, this social pressure. Um, and a lot of them do, you know, not all of them do. Um, and those are the ones I end up being friends with. Um, usually. I think social media is so much of part of the problem because people feel like they're so connected, but they treat each other in ways that, that are very rare to happen. If you actually have like a baby mom group where everybody does a play day or everybody helps take care of everybody else's kids or they all have lunch together, right? That, that face to face interaction is really different from being in a Facebook group. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I've said this before, social media, because it bypasses our evolved, hardwired ways of detecting tone yeah. and and, yeah. and and mirroring people, because it bypasses those, it can make even the nicest people act like cluster bees online yeah. easily. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't know what to say about this, but I I actually think that a lot of what ails us emotionally is a lack of physical contact with each other, a lack of sharing space. We're not in church with each other on Sunday, and I'm not, I'm atheist myself. I'm not telling you what to do. We don't go to church. Most of us aren't part of Rotary. We're not part of the Lions Club. We don't go to the VFW. There aren't the ladies' auxiliaries. I'm not saying there have to be ladies' auxiliaries, but some ladies like their auxiliaries. <laughs> we just don't have... Yeah, Marilee's family uh, does lion stuff. They're great. But we don't have this opportunity. And this you can see it so easily with how isolated people have been during this goddamn pandemic. Right. If we could find a way to break bread with each other, like literally sit on each other's couches more. Like, you know, people used to entertain each other mostly in the mid-century. Mm-hmm. At home, dinner parties were the thing in the 50s and 60s and into the early 70s. You dressed up and you put on a very nice dinner. Uh, You brought out your china and your friends all came over and they had cocktail hour for two hours beforehand. Uh, Everybody had cigarettes. (laughs) Um, You know, you really entertained. How often do we do this anymore? Do we have time for a quick grinder story? (laughs) 
Yeah, and then we should probably end this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Grinder. Last week, talking to this gorgeous, gorgeous communist. Gorgeous communist. Beautiful eyes, like six foot four, hundred and no, two hundred and. Oh, was he like a real mean enforcer type? No, he wasn't. Oh. He was. He was sweet. He was just. He was nice. He cared about everyone. I mean, you know? Oh, he, see, that I mean, but, total boner <laughs> killer, Kevin. I'm sorry, but he was. He was nice. And I would. I would razz him at the beginning, but like you know, I would say, you know. How's my beautiful communist today? I'm not going to agree with him on the stuff. Right. But like yeah. the idea, like you're That's saying. That's not like, really what grinders we, we, for. <laughs> well, you were like, we need to break bread with the enemy. And it made me think. I okay. mean, you know. Hate I, fuck can be hot. I, I mean, and I don't even hate him. Um, but. I shouldn't have said that. Well, Sorry. I mean, I maybe we do at this point. But like for a while, like we were kind of like teasing each other about our politics like i'd throw in something you know about bernie or whatever yeah. and it would be like a nice back and forth and and i don't know how many of you have have done that kind of in the dating scene like been been att- attracted or kind of like teased by the idea of interacting with someone you know in a flirtatious way who's so different than you um it's a lot of fun i don't think it works um you know in the end you know we just he he decided and it's always it's always going to be i think 90 10 rule let's say almost always going to be 90 to 10 the lefty who decides that they can't the, have the, can't handle the, the, the they, righty they yeah. can't have anything to do with you because you're so terrible right um i didn't you know eventually he was just like yeah, well liberals reject conservatives conservatives are much more um tolerant tolerant yeah. right <laughs> today's conservatives are. yeah yeah or yeah. tolerant in the it way it didn't used to be that way no, and I mean, you know, tolerant. Well, actually, I think it was probably more that way all along, and a lot of it was uh, leftist least, propaganda. At least more than we thought, right? More than I we mean, thought, yeah. You know, there were there were blacks getting tied to chains. Absolutely, in Texas and for sure. The moral like majority was real too, right? But you know, I don't know. You know, notice reality. Um, so, what was the end of that grinder story? Um, he decided that he couldn't talk to me anymore. He talked to me for probably. It was only like three or four days. I was kind of excited. I'm like, oh, close by. Um, you know, I don't have any. I don't have many friends where I right. just moved. I just, you know, for the viewers, I just moved into a new house that's under construction. I don't have a kitchen uh, yet. Um, I have two kitchens actually. Neither of them. Yeah, are but kitchens. neither of them are plumbed up to work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it's a very old house. Um, Josh has convinced me to get kerosene lamps, so I've done that. But uh, now I have to do the rest of the house. <laughs> the uh, unfun part. <laughs> the unfun part um so you know i thought this was this was this was rather exciting the fact that i could kind of meet someone even if we were a little bit different yeah. you know and probably the idea existed in my mind that well you know maybe after spending time with me he would see that i'm not i probably don't hold the opinions that i hold for the reasons he that thinks he, that he thinks right. uh, or he imagines that i hold them and you know i mean look at glenn greenwald and his partner right um, I forget his David Miranda, I think is his name. And they're fairly I think so. Something like that. Yeah, they're not too closely aligned politically, or at least they don't seem they? to be. I don't know that much about uh, I could be wrong. This. And maybe it's changed over time as well. Um, I mean, Glenn seems pretty like straightforward with hard to deal facts that do support conservatives. 
Um, I know, which is weird because doesn't he still think of himself as a socialist? I don't know. Did, I, uh, not Greenwald. Greenwald. I, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I. I. I wonder. I. I roll it around in my head. He seems to. You know, he he points out a lot of facts that do uh, support anti-leftist, um, you know, disinfo propaganda style stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think he's maybe I'm wrong. I, they're, it, they're brushing up against woke in some kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you know, and I think it's maybe maybe more David brushes up against woke than Glenn. Um, you know, I don't think it's outright George and Kellyanne Conway trying to yeah. live together, which I would have loved to see. <laughs> yeah, that was, I couldn't understand that. If they can do it, if George and Kellyanne Conway can do it, there's no reason that I can't at least go on a date with a hot <laughs> communist. I can't listen to any of it. I don't need to agree with them. I won't feel pressured to agree with them. If he tells me to fuck off, I fuck off. Right. Um, but, you know, I think I'm interesting enough to, you know, be given 60 minutes and entertain my thoughts without gaslighting me, without playing all your games. Just Well, that's that's what it. grownups used to be like. But, it, you know, Kevin, <laughs> the, the reality is, you know this, we talk about it. But, you know, since we're here together... Um, Gay men very typically have emotional maturity problems. Mm. Gay men have Peter Pan syndrome. They tend to emotionally mature to the degree that they do much later mm-hmm. than straight people do. That was certainly true of me. Mm-hmm. And I still have a ways to go. I'll probably always be damaged in a certain way. But that's a very common outcome with male homosexuals anxiety disorders um uh, staying in youthful narcissism and um hedonism and self-indulgence and then making a value out of it is a really easy trap that most gay men fall into i don't have a therapist i know you do um i don't know i guess maybe it's kind of double dipping but i feel like we should make a, a phone recording of me sometime on the phone with a customer service agent and take that recording into your therapist and just see what he thinks. I'd be curious. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, first of all. Kevin says that, like, no, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not gonna give him this. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. I don't need it. <laughs> okay, I think that's enough. I hope you have found this amusing. I realize it's very, very informal, but you know what? That's what we were up for. Um, this has been disaffected. If you have not already done so, please subscribe on your podcast app. And remember that we do a weekly TV show that comes out on YouTube at 9 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. There's live chat. You can talk to other people on there. Thank you. Good night. Well, hello, listener. It's Mommy again. You're quite welcome for the fine programming. Why don't you show some gratitude? Send Mommy some money on Patreon. Patreon.com slash disaffected. Or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. You wouldn't want Mommy to starve, would you? And if you don't love your dear mother, you're not invited to find us on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey for our hottest weekly content. I guess this is goodbye forever. Forever.